You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I am your host, JJ Leahy. I'm joined in the studio by the one and only Jake Shavink. He is the host of It's Always Draft Season. That's another Packernet Podcast Network show. Um, if you are listening to this podcast on the Daily Cheese feed and you have not ever checked out the Packernet Podcast Network, do so. We have a fleet of fantastic shows. Uh, it's always draft season is um, actually, I think it's our newest show, but you guys have been going since uh, about a month, month and a half before the 2022 NFL draft. So that's uh, Jake Shavink and Mason Thompson do that show together. Um, they are killing it. First of all, uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's going to be, uh, it's going to, I think be a fun, fun show today though, that we've got planned. I will confess, I have been wanting to get you on this show for a while now, but there were no topics that made sense to bring you in on until today. So uh, I'm well aware that a, a lot of the audience is going, why the heck are you talking about college football? This is a Packers podcast. Let me tell you, first of all, I'm a huge college football fan. Um, what happened today, and I'll, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'll fill you in in a second on what happened. What happened today is huge seismic news that is going to forever change the landscape of college football. I'm, I cannot uh, emphasize enough how huge this is, how much it's going to change college football that will have an impact on pro football as well. I promise you it's worth talking about. Um, and I also just love talking about college football. Uh, Jake, you are an Illinois grad, correct? I am, indeed. Big Illinois fan. I am an Ohio State fan. So um, you're going to get perspective from two Big Ten enthusiasts um, about what the heck is going on in college football today, specifically the Big Ten. And you're going to get um, perspective of uh, you know the big, mean, bully Buckeyes and the fierce fighting... Uh, I- how do you say the the Illini? Is that how you pronounce Illini? Illini. Illini. Yeah, I, I see it written, and I never am brave enough to try and pronounce it. So, here's what happened: uh, USC and UCLA have joined the Big Ten. Now, this um, is not going to take effect until 2024, uh, but it is official. It is happening. Uh, we are recording this Thursday night. Uh, about an hour, hour and a half, I think, after the Big Ten presidents voted to ex- um, uh, accept USC and UCLA into the conference. This is changing things dramatically. And we got to rewind the clock a little bit to what happened a year ago in the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12. Again, that's not going to take effect into until what season? 2023, I think, for them. 
Yes. I think it's 23. Yeah. Uh, And they moved over to the SEC. In response to that, the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 got together, and they formed a pact that – I don't know if it was officially called the Alliance or if that's just what all the uh, media members who have been calling it is the Alliance – and basically what the alliance was, was um, just an anti-SEC coalition. We're going to stand up to the SEC because we are afraid of them and what they're doing um, in terms of trying to take over all of college football. As of today, the alliance is dead. <laughs> one of the one of the big. Um, first of all, I, I think I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who could actually describe to you what the real purpose of the alliance was you know at first we thought well it was going to have to do with scheduling you're going to get cool like um out of conference games that are going to be scheduled between the big 10 the acc and the pac-12 then they said well we're not really doing that it's more of like an agreement that we're we're not going to poach each other's schools well that's dead the big 10 has poached uh usc and ucla the two most important teams from the pac-12 now you could say well what about oregon what about arizona state what about um utah fine football programs but the uh los angeles teams were massive in terms of the amount of money that the pac-12 was bringing in um and the media deals and all that and this is quite possibly a death knell for the pac-12 we're going to talk about that talk about the future of the pac-12 what the heck they're going to do this is massive for the big 10 one thing that's interesting is that the big 10 is now the first coast to coast conference. They got teams in New York. They got teams out in Los Angeles, the two biggest media markets in the U S. Um, and the re the, the biggest reason why I say that this is such a seismic thing is because this is not just a one-time little move. This is the beginning of a lot more to come because the big 10 is not just going to be uh, the Midwest and then two satellite teams out in California. That's not where it's going to stay. So um, Jake, when we're talking about these two teams from California joining the big 10, you're the first thing that comes to mind for you uh, out of the 50 different questions <laughs> that are bouncing around your head. What, what's the first thing that you thought we ha- I need some answers on this topic. The first thing when I saw this, I mean, this what well, it was like early this afternoon was like six like, hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it was like USC Ohio State mm-hmm. every year potentially would be in, like in a, in a championship game would be crazy. And then it was like, well, are, are they just going to play the Rose Bowl then just basically within the conference at the end of the season and just treat the Big Ten championship almost as the Rose Bowl? Because as yeah. you kind of said, it feel like two satellite teams isn't going to be where they finish. Yep. And there's all kinds of speculation about who's next, potentially from that conference being, you know, teams who have you know, academically have that standard, you know, Stanford is definitely one of them, Oregon, another, like they, they could be on their way as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much that comes to mind to me. It was like, it was like 30 different things. Right. And right. also it looks like, it looks like Oklahoma and Texas, it says 2025. I imagine okay. that happens sooner now it, it because of this. Might. That, that would be interesting. I had not thought about that timeline getting moved up. I, I thought of the Rose Bowl right away, too, it, even though it's like a silly kind of meaningless thing. Like, 
you know what? Let the Rose Bowl worry about themselves. But also, you know, the Rose Bowl is uh, Big Ten versus the Pac-12. Can't imagine that they're super interested anymore. Maybe they are. Are are they still interested in holding on to the Pac-12 is the Rose Bowl? And and UCLA plays in the Rose Bowl. That's their home stadium. So, uh, and the, the problem is that one, you know, one of the, hot topics in college football right now is playoff expansion. That that's still several years away. Um, they're not making that move right now. They have to um, let things settle down in terms of the uh, massive shifts uh, that have resulted from the one-time transfer rule and how that has interacted with uh, name image and likeness to where you got players jumping ship and moving around from team to team to team every year. And there's just a lot of craziness going on in college football right now. And so they pump the brakes on expanding the playoffs. So because of that, the Rose Bowl can't just be a permanent playoff game right now either. But do they really want to just be the Big Ten championship game? I'm not sure, actually. I, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Yeah, I don't think they'll want to just be a, a conference title game, no matter how big this quote unquote super conference potential super conference could be. I think mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, honestly, if the Rose bowl, I, I think they would do this potentially. Cause I do think let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, when you think of like, you know, the two playoff games and what bowl games they are like the first one that comes to mind is the Rose bowl of those new yes. Year's six games. Yes. And I feel like to have the Rose bowl as a playoff game every year. Yes. It's maybe a little unfair to, you know, the, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, like all of them. But like, come on. I mean, the Rose Bowl being a semifinal game, if they're delaying the playoff, I think honestly should be a foregone conclusion at this point. If you're going to make this in this conference, this Big Ten, Pac-12 kind of super conference together, you might as well just have the Rose Bowl because it's such a historic game, because it's such a Mm -hmm. game. Everybody tunes into it, right? This is New Year's Day in the afternoon. Like there's no reason that that game with all the history and all, all the pageantry around the game, that that shouldn't always be a, a, a semifinal game anyway. And then will yeah. be obviously well in the, in the expanded playoff once, once it gets there. But I do think they should immediately move to say, listen, the Rose bowl is too good of a game. This is too good of a setting. Just mm-hmm. make this a semifinal every year. I know everybody else kind of gets screwed in the process, but honestly, I don't kind of care. I feel like that's the, that's the one. If I if it's not a semifinal game, that's the only one that's not that I might tune into. So yep, yep. I I have a list of um topics and then uh, listener questions that is about two and a half pages long. The there's no way we're gonna get through all this in one hour. Um, but looking at listener questions, the the question that I got again and again and again from everybody who wrote in, everybody wanted to know what the future of the Pac-12 is going to look like. Um, Does the Pac-12 go the Big 12 route, where when the Big 12 lost Texas and Oklahoma, they went and got four uh, group of five schools, Houston, Baylor, BYU, and Cincinnati. Is that correct? The four? I think it's the four four teams. um, Yeah, Houston, BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati are the four. Yeah. Oh, Baylor was already in the Big 12, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. But those, so, yeah. so they lost two teams. They brought in four uh, from the group of five. And I, and I think looking at those programs, those are fine additions. I think those teams were ready to move up to the power five. Um, does the Pac-12 poach from the Mountain West? The 
I, I think there are certainly some teams, you know, UNLV, Fresno, Colorado State, Boise, San Diego State. There, there's teams who you could bring in. But what we don't know is, number one, uh, does the Pac-12 kind of loosen some of their academic standards in terms of, you know, in, in the name of um, improving the uh, football standings? Or maybe more importantly, do they continue to bleed talent? Do, do they lose Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten? Um, does uh, Arizona State, uh, Colorado, Utah, do they go to the Big 12? Do any of these teams get absorbed by the SEC? I, I think that uh, a year ago, we were talking about, well, the Big 12 is probably done for. They're probably going to fold, and you're just going to have the Power Four conferences you know the pac-12 is gonna you know keep rebuilding they're bringing in uh you know lincoln riley to come in and, and rebuild usc pac-12 was putting it all together now you got a lot of people today and obviously it's super early and people are panicking but you got a lot of people asking is this the end of the pac-12 and i think that it's maybe a more realistic question than uh it was a year ago about the big 12 yeah i i think it's something yeah we kind of quickly mentioned before we started recording was like, yeah, I mean, there was definitely panic because I mean, losing Oklahoma and Texas in the big 12 is, is a, <laughs> is a huge deal. <laughs> right. I mean, at least like the PAC 12, you'd look at it, you know, from a talent standpoint, you're kind of like, well, they have the PAC 12 champs who are sticking around that yep, we know Utah. of, right. Utah, Utah yep. would be there. Oregon's been, if not the most consistent PAC 12 team since the playoff era began, they've, they've made it to a title game right in, in the playoff era. So like they have them, Washington's usually been a team that's, you know, been right there. They've, they've made the playoff as well. Yep. So like you feel like, okay, we're going to be okay. But the problem is, is like with all these flooding reports about other teams potentially leaving and stuff. And I know it's a lot of speculation. I felt like you heard maybe a little bit less of that when the big 12, was mm -hmm. was kind of like oh will it fold there was always like the oh would iowa state and kansas maybe jump to big 10 that yep. was kind of like and eh, i mean iowa state had just kind of they were on the verge of and now have lost that aau designation the big 12 big 10 likes to see out of out of schools so it was kind of like and eh, maybe but but probably not now with all the speculation about all these guys leaving like colorado going right back to the big 12 where they've been before like that would make a lot of sense like utah could do the same thing well, let's, let's do schools. that. I'll, I'll go through the list of the schools. Okay. We'll, we'll just we'll just forecast the death of the Pac-12 Pac for, okay. for the next um, minute and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through sure. the, the schools. You tell me what conference they need to go to. All right. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you where you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. OK, right. I mean, go for it. I, I, <laughs> Arizona. Discussion is always... That big 12. OK, Arizona State. Big 12 as well. Uh, Cal. Should probably be. I mean, that should probably be Big Ten if it's going to go to any of the bigger like conferences. I, I just I mean, don't. They, they are like, when in I Los hear Angeles. like when I hear like Cal. I just don't. When I hear Cal, like come to my they're mind, like, I do like not think Big school. Twelve. I do no. not think Big Twelve. That's the thing. Like for the like the gritty teams like the Arizonas, I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're they're almost there already. Like that makes sense to me with those two. Cal is a harder one to kind of put together, and that's why I almost like. You could almost not forecast the death of it, but we can. I mean, so Berkeley is like not really the you know media hotbed. Cal is not really a football school. No, I I don't know what 
conference they belong in. I, I would say it's not a power five. School. Might not be. Yeah. It All right. Uh, Colorado. Big 12. I was going to say Mountain West for Colorado. That could be too. That that could that could happen as well. I could still see the Big Twelve because right they went down. Do they have I think twelve Colorado now? Is the, they, Do I think they, they have would... twelve? Big Twelve. Um, when you subtract Oklahoma, Texas, and add the four in, do they now have twelve? Because at one point I thought okay they had ten, right? I think, I think they've yeah, had for ten they for were, a while. Yeah, they were at ten that they would have been at five with the loss of those two. So now they're back up to twelve. I think. I think they are at twelve now again. So they're so uh, like see, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, West Virginia. That's eight. Uh, plus they're bringing plus the in four, four new teams. Yeah. So, so that puts them at twelve. So I could definitely see them going and going like we could easily make it an even sixteen. Just grab both Arizona schools, grab Utah, grab Colorado. That would be an immediate boost to the Big 12 and put them right back in the mix. You you have the power for Arizona, I think, you know, would be um, here, here's the other problem is that um, the only college sport I care about is football. So there's a bunch of people screaming about uh, college yeah, basketball sure. and those folks are going to be geeked about getting Arizona and the football sure. fans are like Arizona, sure. Arizona State. Man, get the Sun Devils in. That is going to really help with uh, with yeah. the football uh, mm-hmm. conference in terms of basketball. And I think this, you know, you look at uh, USC versus UCLA. Hey, you know, it's going to be fantastic having UCLA for, um, you know, for media, for your new TV deal and all that. And I heard like Apple even reached out to the Big Ten today about like reigniting um, contract talks with for, for rights with with them. Shoot. Um UCLA is going to be fantastic for Big Ten basketball, which I don't watch and I don't care about. Uh, but you see, made an of, elite eight year. Uh, what twenty twenty one? I think they made the elite eight. So I'll take not word a for super. It. They're not a super slouch either, which is so nice. UCLA obviously the better program though for sure. In in basketball, yeah. And, and yes, but USC football, especially with Lincoln Riley there. I mean, there that is going to be. A, a, USC has no business not making the playoffs this year. Just FYI. If they don't, yeah. if they are not right there, you know, as the number five seed or, you know, pushing for number four seed, um, I think that is a, a disappointment uh, for Lincoln Riley. Uh, Moving on to the next school, Oregon. Big 10. I agree. Have to be a big 10. Uh, Oregon State. That might be a Mountain Wester. Yep. That was what I, I said as well. That might be a Mountain Wester, unfortunately. All right. This is this is a no brainer. Stanford. It just feels like a Big Ten school, like yep. just academically and everything. They just Big Ten. They scream Big Ten. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. Back back a few years ago, before I um, was really into the rest of the Big Ten and kind of only just focusing on my own team, I kept forgetting Stanford wasn't in the Big Ten. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, they are it, literally the Pac-12s Northwestern, basically. But they're a little better, obviously, at sports. But it's just a that's fantastic like description. Yeah. All right. They're just great school out there but utah here's an interesting one utah for me it's it, you could easily argue i think going back to mountain west makes a lot of sense i still think oh, they're, big they're 12. so good though they've been so good they're, they gotta go big 12 year. oh yeah 100 yeah you could yeah. make the argument but like at the same time i would rather be sending like oregon state there um than, so than self utah. Selfishly, I really want Utah in the Big Ten, but I don't nice. think there's any way it's going to happen. That's, that's yeah. a Big Twelve school through. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Washington. That, that feels like a Big Ten over anything else. And then Washington State. That feels like a Mountain West. All right. So we didn't we didn't pick any school to go to the SEC. No, um, I don't think they would. Any of them would. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't even think that any of these schools is going to like Conference USA or anything. Like, I think it's all Mountain mm-hmm. West, Big 12, and then Big 10. And yep, 100%. What's going to be interesting. So we, we picked, let me see. We picked, uh, where did we say Colorado was going? I, they're, they're, I said Big 12 just because they had been there. Okay, Big 12. All right, we'll, we'll, they we'll just ink that in. Oregon, that... Stanford, Washington, I think are the three that we said go to the Big 10. And you might have to drag along Cal as well, just to make it an even, an even four going. Just because, I mean, academically they'll qualify. That would just it was it would stink. It it'd be kind of just like you know it's it's the filler to keep it even. I just don't know where else they would go. What what is the media or recruiting draw of Berkeley? Do you think there's a, a big draw or not so much? I think it's just I think it's adding another Northwestern. It's boost academics a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. You take I, him I to have the st- you take him to have the Stanford the game the Stanford yeah. Cal game to be a Big Ten game. That's basically why you're taking him. I just don't now, know who else I would take to be the fourth if I was going to take well, a fourth after those three other three. Well, take somebody not in the Pac-12. Then I mean, I, I think that there is a Pitt. I think there's a big Notre Dame conversation there is. had, and I think that anybody who really knows Notre Dame would say there's almost no chance. Now, yeah. maybe having Cal there is a draw for Notre Dame. But, yeah, uh, yeah Stanford Pitt would make and sense. USC would also this, both be. I don't know if I already said this on the show or if I just said it to you before we started recording, but a big part of me really wonders if where we are eventually heading is you got these two mega conferences and it's the North versus the South. And Ohio State, uh, USC... Uh, absolutely if you get Notre Dame in there as well that would that would um, really solidify this as you got your um, uh, whoever is is currently the 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 power in the conference right now it'd be Ohio State they're the kings of the north and you have your work cut out for you competing against the fertile recruiting ground (laughs) that all these southern schools would have and it would be nice I, I think that if it is heading that direction the Big Ten should do whatever they can to prop up the big 12 and uh, cut into the footprint that the SEC SEC can have notice that we're um, what 22 minutes into this podcast and have have not even mentioned the (laughs) ACC yet. Well, I was going to say, if you wanted to bring in an ACC team, I wouldn't even hate bringing in somebody like Pitt just Mm because gives you a Pitt Penn state game that you could put on the books every year. Another team that's, you know, more That'd be a fun East. rivalry. Yeah, I, I would like to see Pitt join if Notre Dame could not. I'm trying to think of who else. Like, obviously, well, here, here's it'd, be great, one. it'd be great to have Clemson in there, but like Clemson would, if, if you're going to split the, the end of the in ACC. the twos, they're going to the yeah. SEC if you're splitting right. that conference. Miami For as sure. well. So let's 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 prop up the ACC. Let's prop up the Big Twelve. We uh, cannibalize the Pac-12 and let the scraps yep. go to the Mountain West and the Big Twelve. Not that yep. Arizona State is scraps, but uh, Arizona State is just. I, I don't know how you talk them into joining the Big Ten. It's so far away. So yeah. the Big Twelve is getting one really, really good school. Yep. They're probably also getting Utah, which hurts my heart. 
yep. if we're talking about other non-Cal schools to explore adding, all right, and thinking outside of football, which is really hard for me to do, what about Gonzaga? Now there, now that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, wow, that would be very cool for basketball um, to get them into a conference that almost kind of, as much as like the Big Ten's good in basketball, like postseason wise, mm-hmm. tournament wise, they're a letdown. To have the pedigree of Gonzaga the past, you know, well, not even actually, it's probably more like 16, 17 years or so. Cause I think they had a team back in the two thousands, but like to have them be part of the basketball would be, and I think that's a lot of why people are like, Oh, if the big 12 folds, Kansas would be a great addition to the big 10. You just have the football ride the coattails of the basketball program into the big 10 and you add another, you know, school there. So I could see, I, I understand the, the idea of that. What, one of the questions you have to ask when you're exploring any team joining the Big Ten, I think this even extends to Washington and Oregon, who I, I, I think would be accepted in a heartbeat. But, but still, it's, it's worth having the conversation. You have to look at what do these programs offer the Big Ten? And, I, and yeah. I think that there's the question of, like, does Nebraska go back to the Big 12? I kind of think they should. I don't think that the big 10 or Nebraska is benefited by having Nebraska here. I think that they were better off in the big 12. Um, you know, you look at uh, like when we added Rutgers, you know, nobody really was interested in the Scarlet Knights, but the impact that that had on recruiting, you know, over in, in the DMV in New York, the media deals in New York, massive, a huge part of what has allowed the big 10 to keep neck and neck with the sec uh usc and ucla clearly provide that same advantage with the media market out there and, and I'll, I'll just say i think that this helps big 10 recruiting you know even um ohio state it, you know you, you could ask the question like does this hurt ohio state michigan whoever um in terms of um that usc is now in your conference i don't think it does i think that with LA and, and, and just more broadly speaking, California now being in the big 10 footprint that helps recruiting for all these other programs. And you know what you can sell to them is, Hey, you get to go back home once or twice a year to play in a game that your friends and family, uh, back in LA can come watch instead of having to, you know, drive to, uh, Purdue, <laughs> yeah, uh, or somewhere else. So I think that's sure. huge. I, I, I think that, uh, if you're looking at Cal, the only thing that you can really say that they bring is that academic uh, standard. And, and is that enough to get them into the Big Ten? I, I, it's t- tough to say. It's I, hard I, because I would like, really lean no. Like I said, I feel like it, it's it's an interesting conversation to see if anybody leaves the Big mm-hmm. Ten as well, because then it kind of like opens that door if you want to you know, dip into like elsewhere. Like if you're really pushing for Notre Dame, like as hard as possible, it like they're going to want an even number. That's probably going to want they're They're going to want to have like their little pods. So like, well, that's why I think that's, that's a whole conversation that we should have on this show. Do do we want to talk about, about uh, conf uh, division realignment or do we want to have a Notre Dame conversation right now? We'll we'll do both. Which one do we want to do? I would, I would say Notre Dame first. I I think, 
we're, we're going to take a quick break here for our um, our sponsors to get a word in, and then we're going to come back and we're going to have the Notre Dame conversation and talk about what would it take to get Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. You're listening to Cheese and Packers. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Okay, Notre Dame. Uh, Let's talk about rivalries because adding USC to the Big Ten is a massive draw for Notre Dame because that is their number one rival. Uh, their, their current annual rivalries right now, USC, Navy, Stanford. We already talked yep. about Stanford makes a lot of sense to bring to the big 10. If you have two of those teams in the big 10 right there, that is a massive draw to the Notre Dame fan base to get your school into this conference. Let's talk about some other historical rivalries, Purdue, Michigan state pit, where you, you already pitched pit, um, yep. army. That's not happening. Northwestern. Michigan, Boston College, that's not happening. They're staying in the ACC. Yeah. Miami, also not happening. But uh, so USC and Stanford, Purdue, Michigan State, uh, Northwestern, Michigan, that's six teams right there that they have rivalries with, plus the two that we pitched um, of us. Uh, oh, no, no, five, because I accidentally counted Stanford. Five already in the conference, plus potential additions of Stanford and Pitt that make a lot of sense. Let's also talk about significant series rivalries that they've had in the past. Let's talk about, first of all, Florida state, I think has to top the list. Yeah. I think that's Notre Dame and Florida state have played, I think 11 times starting in 1981. Of course, famously in 1993, you had the game of the century. Uh, The teams were number one, number two, huge game. After that, Florida state went on to win five of the next six games. The only one that Notre Dame won was I believe. Oh, two. So 94, 95, 03, 11, 14, Florida State won all those. The most recent three, Notre Dame has won. 2018, 2020, 2021. These two teams do not like each other. The programs like having their teams play. Fan bases, uh, there's some bad blood there. Uh, That is a draw for the ACC, who um, the, uh, is it? Still currently that Notre Dame is a member in every sport except for football, or is that only a COVID thing? 
No, they they are. Yeah, they're. They, I believe they're still ACC basketball. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? With Notre Dame, that makes it a little more complicated because technically, right, they're not an ACC member in football. However, they do play. I believe almost a like either a third or even maybe a little bit more than mm-hmm. that of their schedule is always ACC opponents this year. They have, yeah, they have four of them on the schedule. I believe if I'm not miskind, they have North North Carolina, they uh-huh. have Syracuse, they have Clemson and they have Boston college this year. Okay. Um, so they do kind of almost play it. Like you said, they kind of play their schedule a little bit in pods almost. And, and, and one third of that being, you know, okay, we'll play four ACC teams a year, which is, which is, is fine. And I think that might be kind of where they're like, yeah, we like to have this. We like to have kind of this relationship with ACC. We kind of, you know, lean a little bit that way when we play some football, like that's just, that's how it's going to be. However, right this year, there's going to be an opportunity first weekend of the season, the bit real, oh, yeah. not the week zero, yep, but the yep. first weekend of the season. They are going to Columbus to play Ohio State, which is going to be massive. Yeah, Marcus Freeman, the new head coach of Notre Dame, former Ohio State player, first game he's ever going to coach as a head coach is going to be in Ohio Stadium against his former team. If the dude does not weep at some point during the game, then he is made of sterner stuff than I am. It's going to be incredible. Like this is a home and home series too. Next year they're going to play in South Bend. After two of those games with fan bases that already don't like each other, Ohio state and Notre Dame fan bases, they don't get along. The the teams never, ever play. They play like every 25 years. They go head to head in recruiting battles all the time. And the fans detest each other. I'm just like thinking about like, uh, like a a big 10 super conference pod where Notre Dame's in one with (laughs) Ohio state, with Michigan, with Michigan state, you throw USC in there for fun. Like with Notre Dame, will play them like every year. They'll find a way to do that. And just like have all this because the home and home is going to be, like we said, it's going to be insane. Like those two games should be enough where you're like, listen, like look at how good we look at what we're making here. Look at what we can make a game maybe every year potentially it's, it's if gonna we want to have it i i think that uh the only expectation for 2022 should be that notre dame is going to try and hang on for dear life against ohio state but in 2023 things could be really different i think you give marcus freeman a year to get things rolling um he has a really fantastic um a uh, couple of recruiting classes coming in Ohio State's going to be starting a new quarterback in 2023. CJ Stroud is going to be in the NFL for some team. Tables might be reversed. That that could be a really, really good game in 2023. And, man, you just think about uh, what the, the TV numbers are going to be for that. This could be enough to uh, persuade the AD Man, we got to we got to we got to reconsider our our whole Big Ten thing because getting in there, you know, and, and also Notre Dame has a rivalry with Penn State. They have, believe it or not, they have a rivalry with Nebraska. Uh, I didn't even know about this. Uh, I saw this on Wikipedia. Nebraska leads the series actually eight seven and one. They have been playing uh, since twenty twenty five. Cornhuskers and uh, Fighting Irish 
apparently have a pretty significant history. Uh, 1973 Orange Bowl, obviously, you know, not super recent memory, but uh, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of every possible reason to throw at Notre Dame to say, come on, come play with the big boys. Well, and I think even more interesting is the schedule this year um, as well. Like, so I, I looked a little bit further on to their future schedules. Mm-hmm. looks like they can play up to six games in the ACC. So that might be like where they're kind of like, okay, they've, they've almost swung themselves that far. However, this year <laughs> on the schedule, Cal, Stanford, USC, all three yep. are on the schedule this year. Man. Um, <laughs> boy, if that's not some kind of, <laughs> depending on what Stanford <laughs> and Cal do, that's not some kind of like interesting omen of sorts. But like, I mean, even the, again, they we talk, they play BYU too. They they have kind of a, a thing there. They kind of go every few years and they'll play that game. Like that's, you know, BYU going to the Big 12. The Big 10 kind of wants to kind of back them a little bit as well. It gives some more options for crossovers if you're going to make that happen. Like there is so much to the Notre Dame thing. But like, and man, Brady they, Quinn, they have a lot of games set up. I mean, their schedule is way out there. Just looking at 2026, Lambeau Field playing Wisconsin, open the season. Like they're just the opportunities that you could have to yeah. play the Wisconsin's to play the Iowa States every year, Michigan, Penn state, like, and still have your USC game. It's just the possibilities are endless. If you can find a way. Brady, Brady Quinn tweeted earlier, Notre Dame has benefited from a national schedule, East coast to West coast through their independence. That is now offered by the big 10. Don't underestimate the impact of alumni events and contributions with a national schedule. If you can offer that along with greater TV money, dot, 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 and a bit of shrugging emoji. Um, what Notre Dame has wanted. There, there's the academic uh, prestige that they pride themselves with, that they want to be associated with. Um, they want a shot at the playoffs. They they want a home for Olympic sports and they want a TV partner. Big Ten, more than it ever has in the past, maybe offers all three of those. This is true. I think I think, you know, for for a long time, the Big Ten, you know, would have been really interested in Notre Dame who didn't show any interest back. I think that maybe the Big Ten has dressed themselves up pretty enough that they can maybe ask Notre Dame for a dance. (laughs) I agree. I mean, if if not now, then then it's when? Ne- then never. Right. Right. Yeah. Like this is this is it. And if you can get and I know like Notre Dame, Oregon is not a thing. Right. That's not like something where yeah. you're like, oh, that's yeah. a big. But like, it's still a huge draw, like an Ohio, like an Oregon Notre Dame game. Every couple seasons would be great, too. Like this is just, yeah, like you said, it's it's. East to West, if you can find a way to even bring Pitt along, maybe uh, as well. Like it gives you a little bit of a dip into the ACC as well. That's coming over with you and to have, yeah, a schedule that you can be like, yeah, we'll play Pitt and Penn State this year. We'll have the USC game on there. You know, we'll be going to maybe we'll go to to, to Madison. You know, we'll, we'll hit Nebraska as well this year and just have like all those options. If you have a super conference like this. 100%. And I do think I, – I can't imagine that Big Ten Network and Fox have something cooked up. Uh, oh, all, well. the, all the media deals, all the media deals, I think they're going to be pressed pause on right now. The Big Ten's going to say, you know what? 
I think that we can get way more money out of you than we have previously been talking about. Um, John Wilner, who's the guy who uh, broke the story uh, this afternoon about USC and UCLA, he has an insider source who says that those two schools could top $100 million annually in media rights in the Big Ten. For comparison, looks like in 2020, they made roughly $34 million per school. So they, and, what, what is that? Uh, whatever the math is, it's triple what you were making um, just by joining the Big Ten. Um, Captain Real Estate on Twitter, at Mel1SPE, tweeted at me and said, the Big Ten targets those large TV markets. Look for them to reach out to TCU and SMU also. I don't hate the idea. I I wonder a little bit if they if that's too bold to reach into Texas. But it makes sense. Yeah. You you would like to have uh, geographically it's such a stretch, but how cool would it be to have a Big 10 footprint in Texas for recruiting? I mean that's T- that is going toe to toe. That is that is bigger and bolder than the SEC has has ever attempted. TCU makes a ton of sense. That I do think it is right up the alley uh, of the Big Ten. That that they feel like a team that you could see in that conference, hundred percent. SMU maybe not as much. That always that that has the Big Twelve feel to it. We'll see if that you know. We'll see what happens if if the super conference, if they kind of mold into somebody else and then, you know, and get kind of absorbed. But I do think, yeah, that would be extremely bold. I I like the TCU idea. Wonder maybe if Baylor would be the other one that would be, you know, if if they're going to mold away and kind of, you know, everybody goes their separate ways even after this. Yeah. They're they're still forming stuff in the Big Twelve. Like if Baylor would be because maybe because Baylor doesn't team. feel like an SEC school. I'll say I don't, I don't no. think there's I don't, that doesn't seem like a natural marriage. And it I don't know it doesn't feel like and, and like what stinks about like as we move to this like big realignment stuff and if you have teams like you know Oregon State Washington State all of them go to like Mountain West or Big Twelve you know you could lose some of these like October November you know. Pac-12 yeah. rivalry games that you kind of like to see. And that's what's kind of stinks. You know, the, the are we going to get the platypus game every year? You know, like, is, well, is there, that going to be, yeah. you know, is there going to be openings for that? Or like how, how the schedules are going to be set up is interesting. And that's kind of like losing some of the power five stinks in, in that regard. But like, also like, well, again, I, th- I think, I think you touch on a little almost, bit of fans have a lot of frustration about all the reshuffling in college football and how, College football looks less and less like the sport that they have ever remembered. I, I, I do just want to acknowledge to the listeners who are not having fun with this and not excited about this, even though you and I are excited about this. I, I understand and I sympathize that, yeah, things are certainly changing. Um, and, and I would I would expect the Big Ten of all conferences to value that a bit. And, and, and I think they will. I think that you will see efforts made by the Big Ten uh, even if even if not by the SEC, but by the Big Ten to try and retain a bit of what the sport has been and has looked like. No other conference, to the extent that the Big Ten has, has prioritized 
um, doing things slowly, doing things the right way, trying to um, retain as much of of history and tradition um, as the Big Ten has. So just want to throw that out there. I, I do wonder. I think this this here's a huge question. Does the football change? All right. You're bringing in these California teams. Does the Big Ten football that's ground and pound, you know, the uh, the Midwest has in the last few years has started to become more of a fertile quarterback breeding ground than it has been um, in years past. You think Drew Aller, who just went to Penn State. What's the guy's name? Dante. Dante what? Dante Moore, I think. He's a Detroit kid. Oh. Um expected to to maybe be going to Notre Dame not sure we'll see um but uh you you're starting to see the quarterback talent emerge out of the out of the Big 10 footprint does the football change because USC UCLA you get these warm climate teams coming into the Big 10 cold weather snow i mean the this this is going to be interesting watching these two styles of football meet head to head. Yeah, I I don't know if like it's you're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna be hard pressed to believe that uh, Mr. Kirk Ferentz and Mr. Paul Christ are going to be like yeah we got to spread the ball out. I just I don't see it. <laughs> Well, for, for however many it. years Paul Christ is still in Wisconsin, I think it's only right. a matter of time before Jim right. Leonard and, takes and over. And Ferentz is, is obviously getting up there in age as well. So, like, that's, I mean, how many years does he have left? I mean, but, like, short-term-wise, yeah, short-term-wise, I feel like it's just probably – but I do think, like, again, Fleck and, and mm-hmm. you know, Purdue has made that move, and they've kind of been more spread, and they've done a lot of things that way. Like, yep. I do yep. think there is that movement offensively, stylistically. I think – more when that cold weather rolls that. in, all of a sudden the ground and pound is super effective. We just saw yeah. it last year when Michigan swept the floor with my beloved Buckeyes. You saw how all of a sudden you introduce some snow and cold weather and that aired out offense um, is not as potent as it is uh, indoors at you know in Indianapolis uh, for the Big Ten championship game. It, it it's what you need to compete with the sec and the acc when you're down in the playoffs um but up at the big 10 you gotta be able to run both kinds of offense and i'm interested to see you know maybe maybe in the warmer months usc is like steamrolling and then toward the end of the season all of a sudden they're like oh come on what the heck why is uh why is nebraska running it down our throats <laughs> that yeah that would be so much like USC going to going to Kinnick in November, terrible <laughs> place to go to in November, uh, especially, you know, if you're on the cusp of playoff contention, uh, you hate to be going there. But yeah, I mean, heck, like, yeah, just all those possibilities. I know that Penn State does the whiteout game a little earlier in the schedule, but just mm-hmm. imagine it, if they say, like you a, know what? Yeah, USC's coming Halloween. to town in November. We're uh-huh. saving it for that. The snow's going to be falling like, Ooh. yeah, I, I do think that would murder. Be, it would be it's going to be so interesting to see how some of these guys make that adjustment like and like Illinois as well like Brett Bielema that's a former Wisconsin coach right there as well in this conference that's probably not going to uh shy away <laughs> from listen like hey we got UCLA coming to town they're not ready for, for this downhill this, stuff that we're about to throw at them this is power all right we got a fullback out here 
and and this might really elevate like who's that big 10 football at every level you look at um over the last like three years pretty much every big 10 program has had better recruiting than they had in years past the average star rating has gone up for nearly every single program in the big 10 over the uh, in the last three years compared to like the prior 10 years um and you look at say uh, you know ryan day came in to ohio state revamped their entire offense after they got embarrassed by clemson in that playoff game where they put up zero points yeah brought in pro style quarterbacks um high flying wide receivers and what you saw and it took a year or two but you saw the rest of the big 10 start to catch up to that and they they needed to evolve to keep up with ohio state i wonder if you see the big 10 as a whole evolve to where they can run both styles of offense. You get the ground and pound for the cold weather months. You get the high flying for when you got to go play uh, those warmer schools. I I wonder if it's, if it's uh adapt or die and you see them really elevate their game to the next level, but become more well-rounded. Maybe that makes the big 10 as a whole, a stronger football conference. Yeah, I think, like we and like we mentioned, I do think there are some schools that are making that approach, and I think if if it only takes maybe one or two recruiting classes, and and some of those schools are going to kind of maybe punch teams in the mouth a little bit, and, and some yeah. of these teams like maybe Penn State might be like one of the most stark mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. proponents of like you know we've been kind of run and play defense, we really have never had a quarterback, right? Uh, for being honest, maybe Hackenberg, I guess, but like they're going to have to be like, yeah, we got to, we got to find a single caller. Like we have to do it. And like Alabama eventually did that. They have eventually, they yep. eventually were yep. like, we got the quarterback now. Like there will be again, Mel Tucker, if they can survive up Michigan state, they're going to have to do that as well. Like, like I said, Penn state's going to have to do it. Wisconsin's probably going to have to do it eventually. Like if they want to push USC, if they want to push speculating here, Oregon, if they want to push, Washington like they're, you're gonna have to do it eventually yep. like yep. Ohio State has made that adjustment Brian Hartline getting all these receivers in here like you said they uh-huh. have Stroud's there now at quarterback Dylan Raiola is gonna be insane when he gets there I think I'm so on campus. For Dylan like that they're doing it and I do think though the and, and allure even, of bringing in yeah. these other teams is gonna be like okay like this is legit USC and Ohio State are legit with these quarterbacks and maybe some of these Cali quarterbacks like Listen, I can go, right. you know, be that guy in this conference that's got USC and Ohio State, and that's where maybe you'll see the Michigan or the Penn State yep. or the Wisconsin finally get over the hump because these quarterbacks are realizing like this is conference is legit. The, and, and I think that's you can go up it. against schools, and I can be yep. the guy that kind of flips the script for a Penn State for a Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think that's already started. Penn State has Drew Aller. Uh, Michigan oh, yes, got JJ right. McCarthy. Um, uh, Maryland has Talia Tonga Viola, uh, yeah, Wisconsin for whatever line. it's worth. They had Graham Mertz who at the, you know, when he first came in, people were super excited about him. Um, and, and, uh, not for nothing, like Purdue has had okay quarterback play. They really have, they have, they have, we got to have a sprinkle in some receivers too. Yeah. Purdue, Penn had. state, they, they get it with those receivers. Maryland's going to be high flying this year too. That's that there'd be no joke Maryland? on offense. They're going to be Maryland. There'd be yeah. no joke on offense. They'll probably be not great on defense, but <laughs> <laughs> they'll be, they'll be putting up points. That's for sure. So yeah, there's, it's going to be interesting offensively. 
we got to have a division uh, realignment conversation before we wrap up. But first, sure. we're going to take one more uh, sponsor break. We'll be right back here on Cheese and Packers. Okay. Uh, talking about division realignment, and before you start throwing around team names, you have to answer the question of are there going to be divisions? Because uh, Pac-12 just got rid of divisions. Now the Pac-12 is uh, going to be defunct in a couple of years, but um, you know it would have been a cool experiment to watch. And I think in 2022, it's still going to be interesting because you're going to have who uh, USC plays who Utah, I think, um, in the regular season and then expected to meet as the one and two in the conference uh, championship game, you'd expect. That's going to be interesting to see. And um, some of the other conferences have been expected to follow suit in getting rid of divisions. The rumored scheduling was going to be a 3-5-5 format in the big 10 where you get three protected rivalry games uh you know uh ohio state michigan um purdue help me out here who, who are indiana. some of the other uh, i think indiana, yep, indiana purdue indiana. would probably be oak and bucket so every program gets three protected rivalry games um penn state ohio state uh michigan ohio state and uh at, at indiana ohio state maybe is your third one that's protected um maybe michigan state then you got five yeah conference games and then five out of conference games. That was what was proposed when you had 14 teams going to change since you're bringing in two schools and potentially more. Do you do away with, with divisions altogether? Or now that you have maybe more really good teams in the conference, do you stick with divisions and just try and rebalance them so that there may be a bit more even and you don't have, the uh, Big Ten East and the Big Ten Least. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very clear, obviously, at this point with the Big Ten's two divisions, that one division has pretty much it, it's everybody on the on the East side, and it's like, oh well, maybe Wisconsin or Iowa could mm-hmm. play them <laughs> tough for a quarter and a half in the title game, but like that's about it, right? And so, yeah, I mean. I do think I, I can't imagine they sit with two divisions. I don't think they'll sit with that. Even if like, you know, people, well, they bring USC over to the West and that makes the West better. Like it does. Certainly. Um, I do think so. Like if, if you were just saying like right now with the, the two ads yeah. that they're doing, I think the biggest, what, what they would do is right. Cause if 14 right now you have seven and seven, USC, UCLA would be on the west side. I think you'd move Purdue over. I think that's probably the one you'd move over. You can have Purdue and Indiana being on the same side again. That and works that for USC, very nicely. Though, you bring them to the Big Ten, and they're punching themselves out all year against like the 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 teams that <laughs> give the Big Ten a not great name. Yeah. Like, sorry, but everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I think. Again, they'll obviously play crossover games. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it'll get I if they stay with that and they were only adding two. Like think about three years down the road, you'd kind of be like, all right, well, it's what? It's it's 2026. It's like, all right, well, you know, is it going to be Michigan versus USC or Ohio State versus mm-hmm. USC? And that's kind of like where they're going to be at, where it's like, well, 
if and you that's kind the of, of pods. Yeah, they could go the pod route, which again, there there's been talk that that's what the SEC might do. Yeah. Um, when Oklahoma and Texas join, there's kind of like a, a look of how that there's there's stuff out there of how it would look. Actually, it looks pretty good. Uh, I think there's maybe <laughs> one pod that's kind of like bad, uh, and that's about it. But like, if so, they so, went so, so that basically route, for, for people who don't understand, like the pods are reshuffled every couple of years based on who's good and who's bad. Yeah. Like the proposal of like what it was. I'm trying to find like the the what was proposed as like the pod would. Okay. Um. So one of them. So th- these were the four in the SEC that they had come up with. I think last year when when this was you know st- starting to become news, it'd be Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina. You'd have Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, right? You would keep that Bama and Auburn, Bama, Tennessee rivalries, yep, yep, right, yep. in the same pod. LSU, Mississippi State, Mississippi, Texas A&M, and then you'd have Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas. Seems pretty balanced overall. Mm-hmm. Um, pod really C good. with LSU, the Mississippi's and A&M feels like the most chaotic one of all of them. And then you have kind of the two established teams in the other ones. And you would have a nine game conference schedule format in this, in this. So you'd play the other three teams in your pod, play two games against each of the other pods. And you would have hosting every team at least once every four seasons. So that's a lot to throw out, but that's kind of how it would look with, with 16 and big, big 10 is right now with these two ads, they're at 16. Now, now I don't know how, how to do this with keeping the rivalries because you would have to, you can't have Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state and Penn state in a pot. That's just, you can't do Sure. That. You can. I, I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> you can't. Uh, cares about everybody a lot else? of people would love it. A lot of people would love it. I, it, you, they would you obviously know who wouldn't love it is any of those teams who want to make it in the playoffs. And they listen, if Michigan's Michigan other. state is, is ticked. If that's the pod, they are, they're ticked. Uh, that's potentially putting loss. together a good team. It, it they is are, entirely but, plausible that hey, the, the redheaded stepchild of that group actually ends up being Michigan after a couple of years because Michigan Possibly. State is putting things together Possibly. under Mel Tucker. Possibly. And then, like you said, Penn State's got their quarterback. So maybe it's Michigan who's ticked off about being in that pod, right? Good. So you kind of have to curate it to be the point where, like, uh, maybe Penn State's not in that pod, potentially. And you have them with – boy, that <laughs> – All right, I got, I got an idea. Yikes. Here's how we do it. Here's how it's we do not it. not great. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a draft. All right, it's not a snake okay. draft. It's just um, we'll, we'll okay. flip a coin for who gets to go first. All right. Okay. Um, here I don't have a coin, so I'm gonna Google coin flip. Online. There you go. We'll we'll do a draft. Um, all right, you call heads or tails. Uh, heads. You win. It was heads. So you get to go first. Um, okay. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do legends and leaders. <laughs> all right. This is, actually, this is a a uh, suggestion by John Alft on Twitter. He he asked, "Are US, USC and UCLA gonna be legends or leaders?" So shout out to John Alft. We're gonna do okay. legends and leaders. Uh, you wanna be legends or leaders? I'll be I'll be legends. Okay. Um, you're you're legends. You have the first pick in the draft. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm gonna take Ohio State. You snake. All right. <laughs> he took him right in front of JJ, <laughs> who obviously wanted them. But like, come on. If obviously, you're going to pick yeah. anybody right now, that's that's who you got. All right. So then I'm obviously going to take USC. So yeah. uh, second pick to you. I got to take Michigan just to make sure I have them there. Got to have them on that. In that side. I hate you, but also you're preserving the rivalry. And I it probably has to stay there. Pick, so like if you had gotten the first pick and I, if we had snaked it, there's no way I could take Michigan away from if you had picked Ohio state first, there's just right. no way. So like I'm, I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take uh, Penn State. All right, so you uh, pick number five to you. I got to take Michigan State. <laughs> um. All right, Michigan State to you. Oh, man, I'm, I'm hating how this is turning out. So <laughs> I am going to take – I'm probably taking UCLA. Oh, okay. no, if I take UCLA, mm. then, then I know mm. who you're going to take next. Yeah, you the do. problem is it there's only two yeah, clear <laughs> teams left to take here. Yeah, so I take rivalry UCLA, preservation. How about this? You pick a good team. I'll let I'll make sure that you have the, the rivalry is preserved. <laughs> UCLA is yours, but you can have okay. a have a top team that you you'd pick here. Oh, so you're saying you're not going to take UCLA? I will not. UCLA is off the table for me. Okay, make oh, sure okay. they're in the leaders with with USC. All right, then I'm taking Wisconsin next. Okay. So. Uh, pick number, uh, what is it? Seven to you, Iowa. All right. And I'll take UCLA. Okay. Uh, who <laughs> now it gets fun. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm going to take Maryland. All right. I'm going to take Maryland. All right. So I actually, I have a bunch of, uh, Western teams plus Penn state at this point. So you're taking Maryland. Um, I think I think I'm gonna have to take. Well, uh, I think I'll take Northwestern okay. next. Okay. Okay. Uh oh wow. Mm. It's definitely between two. Mm-hmm. Boy, my Illinois listeners are gonna be ticked. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> them. They're not them. Listen, guys, if they were better, I'd pick them. Ah, uh, man. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna pick. In, I'm going Indiana. Going to Indiana. Indiana to you, and uh, I will say I think you overlooked a team because I'm taking Minnesota. Yeah, that was the other team. That was the oh, other okay. team. All right, I, so I, I just, uh, you're up again. Yikes! I'm I mean, somebody. Let's, there's only four teams. There's only four left, right? I yeah, think. but I can only think of three. Of, oh no, no, I, I, I forgot. I I'm, remember. I'm I picking. I'm picking Purdue. Purdue to you. You're pre- you're uh, preserving Ohio State Purdue. Yeah. Um, and that Maryland Purdue is going to be a great and, and great. And you shootout. have Indiana Purdue. <laughs> Maryland Purdue. Uh, you're preserving you're preserving Indiana Purdue. Man, I this uh these divisions <laughs> are actually shaping up pretty good. So that leaves. It might uh, have to. See. It leaves Illinois do... Rutgers and uh, um, Nebraska. Right. I'm going to yep. take I'm All right, I'm actually taking <laughs> Rutgers. I g- give me no. give me uh, Greg Shiano. I'm No. I'm, I was going to take Rutgers. Dang it. Okay. Um Oh man, I you have I, I, I will right? say maybe I, maybe I made a mistake here though because Rutgers is so far to the east. Yeah. And I have all these west coast. Maybe I'm doing a disservice. Maybe you I I will uh I, I'm not going to take Rutgers. I'm going to take <laughs> Illinois getting picked last. Yeah. Illinois and Nebraska. Give me. I'm, I'll take Illinois. I'll take Illinois. Oh, wow. Okay. So either I'm. I mean, what is Nebraska Iowa really? I I think I think you, it makes you sense should for take, me to take. You I should take Rutgers. You should take Rutgers. Yeah. So you got yeah. Rutgers. Yeah. All right. So here are our divisions. I'm actually. I think actually they look fine good. With how this. Okay. So you have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa. Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, and Rutgers. That is not a bad division. I like it. I have 
USC, Penn State, Wisconsin, UCLA, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. Now, I will say, none of those are the teams that I would have just picked if it was my preference. But just the way that it shook out with you getting the coin toss, you took everybody that I would have wanted to take. I mean, (gasps) down the entire list. I think uh, Nebraska is maybe the only... Yeah. Well, USC, USC, but but I'm just saying, I I, I would have taken the all the teams you took. I, I think, think it we kind of exactly helps perfectly. because yeah, I think it kind of helps because it was like okay, well, once you have USC, it's kind of like all right, well, me taking UCLA would be absolutely silly. Don't do that. Like, right, preserving Rutgers on one side of it, you still get Ohio State and both Michigans. I mm-hmm. like USC, Penn State, and Wisconsin in the same. I like that. And like so we, UCLA gets better, boom, right there as well. Like now that we have like these, turned out. let's add in Oregon, Washington. Uh, who are the other ones we said we were taking? Stanford, Stanford and and Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh my gosh! Let's, okay. Well, because that that right there makes you the super conference. Yeah, that's it. I, know, I that, agree. That we right there put, is be awesome the SEC has to respond. Cal. Yeah, it's true. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll add four teams. So, but we're not going to do a draft. We're just going to discuss where these four teams fit in best. Stanford, I, I kind of feel like they fit in best with leaders here. Maybe. Um. Okay. So USC. you said we have Washington, well, but yeah, all the powerhouse teams are in the well, legends right we now. We know where Notre Dame's going. I think Notre um, Dame has to go in legends. Has I think to. they do. Uh, Although then they're not in the same division as USC. So you got to preserve that rivalry. However, I do think there's an easy way to just make sure that game happens every year. Not like crossover wise. It's kind of annoying where Notre Dame will be like, Oh, I don't know. Actually, maybe they do have to stay over there. All right. Let's put Notre Dame in leaders because you have to have, it's got to be as top heavy as it is for the legends. Does that put Stanford in the, in the leaders then? Because Notre Dame and USC are there. So that would put Oregon and Washington in with the legends. That, it would. I guess that makes sense. It would. I think you have to. Yeah, I think either way, I think those are the pairs you have to take to each. So you're looking at your powerhouse teams in each division. For the legends, you have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon. Shoot, yeah. For the leaders, it's USC, Notre Dame, Penn State, and... Uh, a little bit of a toss up, you know, uh, how good is Wisconsin on, a, on an average year? UCLA, maybe I, probably, problem is probably that UCLA is not really ever expected yeah, to compete. Probably Wisconsin, but on a given on a given season, Wisconsin has beaten Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it's, I think they could give Oregon all they could handle, too. So I, really I good. as much as it's like, oh, Wisconsin's, you know, kind of maybe a step down it's like yeah i mean they could push anybody not named ohio state on the other side in my opinion so i like it i i like i like these two divisions we came up with uh we're over an hour so we got to wrap this up but i think one last thing we gotta just touch on here um because we already talked about the possibility of you know maybe you do away with divisions um and you know you're just a number one number two uh championship game there, there are certainly pros and cons to that We've talked about playoff implications, talked about, um, you know, you don't want your best teams all playing each other because you don't want them to just cannibalize each other to the point where they can't make it in the playoffs. Yeah. We talked about all that. 
we have to talk about NIL and um, specifically a pay to play tier yep. that um, the the top teams can opt into. Ohio State's can opt in, Bama, Texas, USC, Clemson. Um, they're all going to, uh, Georgia, they're going to opt into these pay to play uh, or, or this pay to play tier that's not conference based, I don't think. And they can pay their players. I think that, uh, you know, the, the first thing that you, um, other fan bases freak out about is like, oh my gosh, you know, so uh, Purdue's going to have to go play Ohio State, who's going to have all these way better recruits. Like, how fair is that? What you mean, like it currently is right now? Like, come on, what, what's actually going to change? What's going to change is that these players can't just jump ship at the drop of a hat. All of Oklahoma's players can't just leave and go to USC um, and leave Oklahoma high and dry. Players are going to get paid. They're going to have contracts. They have to stay for the course of their contract like you do in the pros so that these teams can roster build effectively. I, I think this is going to happen. I, I think that this is uh, being seriously talked about. And you would you would have um, – well, not in this proposed conference that includes like Oregon and stuff, but in the actual one, like USC and UCLA are – big 10 members like it has it has been inked it's going to happen in in 2024 yep you're going to have ohio state michigan michigan state usc penn state those four teams for sure are going to opt into the pay-to-play tier uh notre dame if they join certainly going to do that oregon you would expect yes uh, probably Wisconsin would do it. I don't know for sure. How, how seriously does Wisconsin actually want to, you know, compete with the playoffs? Cause you're gonna get playoff expansion in, in yeah. uh, five, six years or whatever. You're going to have 12 team playoffs. This is all going to happen. Yes. And I, I, mean, I don't think it's going to change the face of college football as much as it sounds. I mean, if you're going to throw Wisconsin, you might throw IO in there. I mean, they just got a five-star tackle, uh, top tackle in the country. Um, for next year's recruiting class. So maybe those two join. If not, though, like you said, I mean, that's what? Six? Or, uh, six if you count uh, Oregon and Notre Dame additions? Or was it five? Maybe it was five. It's 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 six if you count in Oregon and Notre Dame. Notre okay. Dame. So, I mean, yeah, you have those six. And then you said you had like Alabama, probably Georgia, probably Miami, probably Clemson. Oh, yeah. So how many teams would you Florida get State. into that? Yeah, Florida State with Oklahoma. You're probably Texas, looking at around 16? around 30 teams, I, I think. You think 30? Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I mean, there's 12, 12 playoff spots, so you want a little more than that in um, you know, competing for, for the playoffs. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to get four or five teams from each conference, I think, depending on what the Big 12 does. The SEC might be a little bit more than that, but... I think you're looking at around 30, 30 teams. It'd be interesting. Yeah. There's and 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 crazy. group of five teams are still going to be able to compete for the playoffs. But let me be the first be to advocate for North Dakota State making a leap. <laughs> they they got to get make into a leap. F- FBS Come on. football first. We got to make the leap into FBS. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do. That. All right. 
He is Jake Shavink. I am JJ Leahy. Thank you so much for tuning into this special edition podcast. Um, I had a blast talking to Jake. Um, I'm going to try and talk him into doing something like this again in the future. I don't know if we're going to ever have a uh, full-blown college football show. Uh, totally depends on if you guys even enjoy this. If you hated this, if we get like, you know, 100 downloads and then three people tweet at me and say, I don't know why you talked about that for an hour and 10 minutes. That sucked. We're never doing this again. But I had fun talking to Jake. I'd love to do this again. Time. Um, follow, let's see, uh, Jake on Twitter. You are, uh, what, Jake? Uh, is it Jake, Jake NFL? Jake, nope, Jake NFL Draft. 